Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, um, parents. Welcome back to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. And today I am here with Lisa Forrest. And Lisa is the founder of First Step Family. And I invited her here and we just had this great conversation earlier, which we have to repeat all of it because Lisa specializes in helping step families, blended families find harmony. And I told her, I said, I personally am single and I don't have to deal with this. Um, but I know a lot of you that are, and I've heard uh, so many stories. And so my head is spinning with questions for Lisa. Let me, Lisa, before I even say hello, I'm going to read your bio real quick because I want people to know who you are. So Lisa Forrest is a certified family and life coach who is passionate about helping others build relationships, marriages, and harmonized families. Lisa is a devoted wife of 27 years, mother of six, and grandmother of 12. So you know what you're talking about. Over the last few years, she has used her incredible marital experience and life teachings to help blended families successfully restructure their lives by setting boundaries, establishing realistic expectations, and improving their communication. She founded First Step Family, a platform designed to help blended families rise above the societal stigmas and build awesome lives for themselves. Welcome, welcome, Lisa. It's so great to have you here. It's great to be here. Um, whenever I can shed some light on some things that'll help families, it's always just a pleasure because mm. I remember being there. <laughs> and it is it is a tough road. As we were as we were just saying, no matter what role you are in this situation, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, so you know there there's no good good easy roles in any of this. Um, but the kids probably have the most difficult of all of them. But before we even get started and dive into this, tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into this. Um, well, my husband and I, when we got married, um, I had four boys. I was a single mom with four boys. <laughs> and then he had two children that actually were with their grandmother because he had a boy and a girl and he was a uh, uh, over the road truck driver, mm. and um, we got introduced actually over the phone <laughs> back in the day when we had landlines. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, we got introduced over the phone by one of my best friends, and she was like, "I want you to meet my brother." I was like, "I don't want to no long distance relationship." <laughs> but anyhow, we got to talking on the phone, and uh, we just kind of clicked. We hit it off. And then, you know, he was telling me that, you know, he really wanted to kind of settle down and he wanted to, you know, get his kids and this, that, and other. And I'm like, oh, you got kids too, huh? I was like, I have kids. I got four boys. And usually that's a, oh, four boys, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, he saw something that he wanted. And, um, you know, we wind up getting together and 
um, once we wind up getting together and we kind of um, kind of established a, you know, a home base, and then we actually got custody of his children and we brought them into that home. And so um, my dynamics is always a little different than other people that kind of go back and forth. And I had the, um, the custody, we had custody of his children. So the back and forth was only during the summertime. Mm -hmm. um, it was rocky, very rocky at first because um, she wanted to contest custody and we kind of went back and forth with that for a while. But just all of the crazy dynamics, I, I have an ex-husband that has kids and um, those kids were my children's siblings and I wanted them to feel you know, good in our home. And so that's another part of step family that mm -hmm. some people have to deal with. You have, you know, the wife, the husband, the girlfriend, maybe, and, you know, and then all the different kids. And so we had that dynamic going on. And so knowing what I went through then and not having a lot of support back then, there wasn't a whole lot of the blended family and the step family where, you know, they had support groups at church or everybody was traditional. Mm -hmm. And some of the information that I was getting back then wasn't quite helping. Um, mm -hmm. You know, people were telling you where you had to have your alliance and what you had to do. And some of it is good foundational stuff, but some of it doesn't work mm -hmm. really well. <laughs> and we were trying to put a circle into a square and they kept saying, it'll fit, it'll fit. And you're like, no, it's not fit. And so, um, you know, with that, just over the years, I just kind of like always kind of run into other step families that were just mm -hmm. starting out. And this just became a thing like, okay, well, what did you do? And, and how do you deal with this? And I hate that person, but I gotta live with them and, and all of the, <laughs> and so it just became a thing of us talking through things and helping other people to get through. Mm -hmm. um to a better and sometimes it's, it's not perfect but if you can get to better harmony better communication and then know what to say what not to say we'll know what to do what not to do it helps along that journey yeah. and makes that road a little smoother because nobody wants to go 24 7 um in total chaos or hating that you know your kids are going to come over or or hating that you know, you know, somebody's going to do something and you're just waiting for the eggshell, I mean, you know, the pen to drop. So it's kind of dealing with those things and then giving people actually the right tools to be able to address certain situations because kids don't come with instructions and parents don't have all the answers. Yeah. We're going to figure this thing out as we go. So I think the more information that we have, the easier it is to navigate. It is. It is. And I've got, so I'm thinking in my head of like the most common situations I, I hear and experience just through friends. Um, one of them is they are the, the new spouse and the child of their, of their spouse, you know, they're the step parent and mm -hmm. the child of their spouse um, is not not having it. They're not, they're not connecting with them at all, or they're the parent and the child's not connecting with their new. So the child's not connecting with the step parent basically is it. So there's a lot of just 
flashing and, and meanness. Um, and so what is something, you know, what is a tip or something we can help parents that are dealing with this clash between step parent and teenager? Well, first, I think sometimes it's a loyalty issue where mm -hmm. the child has a loyalty to their other parent and they feel like the new parent is coming in and taking that place or trying to take something away from them. And they can feel this even though they won't express it. They may not say that because kids have a tendency to feel a certain way and think a certain way that not necessarily we do as adults. Um, but I think that it's always beneficial to have a conversation. Um, children rationalize things different than we do, but when they are given information, sometimes it allows them to process and feel different about their current situation. And I think too, that if you're getting into a blended family, that introduction and time spent, and if you can build a bridge with the other parent, those are so important. Those are the, mm -hmm. like the most important keys to making this work for the other child. Uh, my children are grown now and I went back and had interviews with them about how they felt as a child. And so getting it from an adult perspective now, yeah. from a child that went through it, they gave me the information that they felt better when we all could be in the same room and get along or seem to get along conversation. And, you know, like we all could be in the same room and nobody was hating on one another or anything like that. And it may put them at ease and they were al allowed to be children. Mm -hmm. And that was some of the best advice that came from them is that, well, how do you do that? And it was like, well, when you're in the same room, if, if I felt like y'all were mad at each other, then I acted a certain way. But if I felt like y'all were laughing and having a good time, then I felt like I could have a good time. And I was like, and you don't even think like, like if everybody came in the room and nobody spoke, I was like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> and, and then if everybody was like, hey, how you doing? Gave each other hugs and stuff. I was like, oh, they like each other. So I can, I can be a kid. I can enjoy myself. And I was like, now see, as an adult, I wouldn't have thought that way. Mm -hmm. But from an adult, talking to an adult that used to be a child and hearing how he felt allows me now to process that differently. How would I have done differently all the time versus every now and then um, to make my child feel at ease? Yeah. And so having the conversations with them that, hey, I, you know, I like your mom or your dad, whoever it is that they have the alliance with. And this 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 situation that we have it's a new situation and everybody is not feeling the same way and then i would give them examples that they can relate to have you ever had a friend two friends and then one of the friends is mad at the other friend and they want you to be mad at the other friend too or they don't want you to play with the other friend or you feel funny like you can only play with this friend when this friend ain't around and you mm -hmm. can only play with this friend when this friend ain't around so that they both still like you, but you don't want the other friend to know that you like the other friend anymore. And if you give them examples from their perspective, mm. they can relate and they start feeling a little different. Like, oh, is that how I'm making you feel? Or, oh, that ain't a good feeling. 
And so then it sometimes it changes their behavior. It depends on where it's steeped at, but sometimes it's as simple as giving them an example that they can understand. And then they start to put it in perspective for you, who you are or with them or whatever. Also, um, make sure that they know how you feel about the other parent. And hopefully you feel about the other parent in a mature way <laughs> so that you don't say, well, I hate your mom. <laughs> well, and I want to, I want to kind of jump in because most of the situations I'm thinking of, that is the case. It is not a friendly, positive relationship, right? With the other spouse. And there's a lot of, a lot of anger. And I think from the perspective that I'm, you know, that I'm hearing, one parent, you know, the parent I'm talking to or the people I know, they want a good relationship. They want that. The other family, the other are not, they're not participating. They're, they're not joining in. And so there's a lot of negative talk coming at them from the other family that they're trying to, you know, defend and saying, okay, I know when they're going there, their smack is being talked about me. And then they come back and they've got an attitude towards the step parent because they've been hearing all this. And I hear this a lot. So, or the loyalty thing you brought up is a really powerful, powerful thing where if they know their parent doesn't like the other one, they feel like they're not allowed to like them. So how do we handle that? Well, that that's one of those conversations that you kind of plant the seeds and let it be what it is because it's just like you you tell your children have you ever said that you hate your mom or your dad have you ever been so mad we i hate you your sibling did you really mean that no you were hurt they did something to you that hurt you that's your emotion some of the emotions that you might be hearing from your mom or your dad, whoever, you know, that you're connected mm-hmm. to when you're having these kind that is hurt. That is, you know, pain that they're going through and they're trying to go through pain. And as they're trying to go through pain, I think you're picking up some of that pain. Mm-hmm. And I want to alleviate that by letting you know that I don't hate your mom or your dad. I don't necessarily like their reactions, but they're dealing with something. They're going through something. And I I need to give them the grace to go through that. But as they're going through what they're going through, I'm trying to help you to not have to go through what you're going through right now. And so I'm giving you the opportunity to be free in this space. Even though when you go home, you may feel that hurt and that pain that your other parent is going through. And I'm telling you that's okay. But when you come here, you don't have to be in the same hurt and pain because they are, because this is a free space. And I understand, and I'm giving them grace to go through that because they may not always feel that way. Have you ever felt some way about somebody and then that changed because you got through it? That's what they're going through right now. And I understand that. And I'm going to give grace to that. So it's like having those conversations where you are admitting that the other parent may not be you may not be friends but you understand their hurt and their pain Mm. and you understand that they're going through a process and this process is not easy and because it's not easy sometimes they say things that they don't necessarily mean but that's coming out of the pain but then again you have to give children an understanding they they can understand 
take them to a time where they may have felt that way. That way they can understand when their mom is talking crazy and they, or your dad or whatever is, you know, being real evil and stuff. And they can start to detach mm -hmm. because it, that really helps them to process because they're starting to make their own decisions as teenagers, which mm -hmm. is, is the hardest part of being a teenager. Where yes. do I fit in? What can I do? What do I not do? How much more do I know that my parents don't know? Because I really think they're stupid. You know, they go through that phase. We don't know nothing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so when you can give them information that helps them to relate to what's going on in the situation from their own lives, it helps them to process. And it also helps them to change their behavior mm. because you will see them lighten up when, first of all, you've given validation to their other parents, you yeah. haven't torn them down. Yeah, you that's said, huge. I understand that feeling because mm -hmm. I have feelings too. And I feel certain things that are going on. I know it's going to be hard, but I am trying to be, um, I, I'm trying to be the best person I know how to be until we all work through our issues. Some people can do that well, and some people, it takes a little time. So for your mom or your dad, it's maybe taking a little while for them to process this. Breaking up and getting with somebody, that's not easy. And you'll learn that in your own life if you haven't had a girl, if they've had a girlfriend or a boyfriend, perfect example. Somebody that you loved and you like, and you see them with somebody else. How did that make you feel? Yeah. Did you get, and, and for those that have had the dating process and they had their first spittle spattle, excellent time to, you know, show that if they haven't, there are, like I said, then you use their siblings or you use their other friends and you try to get them to understand that dynamics of what's going on. Why is this person so angry all the time? Why is this person so, um, you know, spiteful and doing different things? And then too, as the adult, whoever is the adult, and I, when I say that, I mean, if you're mature enough to understand that somebody else is hurting and acting out, mm -hmm. you have to treat that with the same grace. Even though it's an adult that mm -hmm. probably should know better, if they're acting like a child, they, have, they don't have the emotional or mental capacity to be able to deal with it in the same way that you do yeah and then sometimes that gives us a little perspective too because we're like oh they're doing it to us but when you realize they're not doing it to you they are acting out of their hurt and their pain mm -hmm. it allows you to kind of step back and say oh um maybe I should just you know not be alerted all the time when they're saying certain things or doing certain things or the kids come over with the same attitude. It gives you another perspective and how to deal with that. Um, I, I tell this story all the time because it's one that resonates so well with me. There was a, a guy in a doctor's office and he had three little kids and the kids were like running amok. They were just throwing the magazines around, standing on the tables and chairs and other people were sitting in there and they're like, oh, without saying it, would you get your kids? Like you have no rule, like just get your kids, they're just tearing up everything. Judgy, judgy, judgy. <laughs> and then the man is sitting over there with his head down like he doesn't notice that his kids are just running amok. And one of the ladies gets up and she said, excuse me, sir, can you 
get your children under control. They're like tearing up and there are people in here sick and you know, we're having to deal with the rampage of your rampage of your children. And then he lifts his head up and he's like, I'm sorry, um, my wife just died and my kids don't know it yet. And I have to tell them and I have to take them home and I have to mm-hmm. now wrap my life around not living with my wife and them not having a mother. And I just don't know what to do right now. And I don't have enough in me to bring my kids in. And with all that emotion and the perspective change, the situation didn't change. The kids were still running around acting crazy and everybody was being judgy and upset, like get your kids. But what did change is the information allowed all the adults now to process that and their compassion changed. So now they wanted to be helpful instead of judgmental. Did you want me to help you with the kids? Do you want me to give the little one a snack? The situation didn't change, but the perspective with the new information made you feel differently about that person and their children. And so when I say that for the adults, when they can actually say this person is acting out of hurt and pain, even though it's coming out all kinds of ways. And if they start to react differently, it's like, I'm gonna give you grace with that because you must be in some serious pain. You must be in some serious need Mm -hmm. that I can't even see, but I'm gonna give you grace with that. Mm -hmm. Because then I'm not upset. I'm not upset anymore when I hear the reason why this man is not, I'm not mad at him. I'm like, oh, let me help you. So a lot of times that's what helps us as the adult that may understand that we should get along mm-hmm. to um, help the children. That helps us to internalize and be able to overlook a lot of things mm-hmm. and, and act more in who we are as a good person and who we are as um, an adult. Because an adult is somebody that's mature and able to rationalize and to put things together. When we're in our emotions, we're, we're not that. No, um, not at all. Kids have tantrums because they can't verbalize to you, this is why I want, and because I can't have it, there's some issues. No, they just holler and scream and have fit. So that's the emotional capacity of that person. And yeah. Like I said, once we put an age on something, we just assume everybody needs to act that way. But it's the emotional capacity. I know a lot of adults adults that throw temper tantrums just like that too. Exactly. But when you put it in, when you put it into the perspective that this person is just not capable of relating on that level right now, I'm not going to give it extra. I'm not going to give it extra talk. I'm not going to give it extra fuel. I'm going to give it some grace and I'm going to step back from it. Yeah. And then too, it, it helps the kids too, because you, you, somebody that's always trying to ignite a fire and somebody else is blowing it out. There's never an explosion. Like, hey, quit that. I like <laughs> <So> that. Yeah. <laughs> and then visual. the kids don't wind up being the blow up, you know, in the middle of the blow up or the explosion. And, and that takes practice. Cause I know that we're, we're human and certain things are said and, and you want to react or certain things are hurtful and you, you know, you take it personally, but if you can keep bringing yourself back to 
this person is acting out. This person is not as mature as they need to be in this space. I'm going to give it some grace so that it doesn't just rock my world. Mm. And then with that being said, I'm going to teach my child that 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 is something that I'm giving grace to so that they know that I'm not just that apparent. And even if I've done it in the past, when you start to grow in that and you allow your children to talk through things and give them examples, they start to process differently too. And they're able to start to separate behavior that doesn't fit their needs in the other space. And so I, I hope that has- No, helped. I mean, there was, there was three th key things that I kind of pulled out of there that one, it's, you know, change your perspective and give the person, the other person grace, because we don't want to talk bad about that person. Cause that just makes you look bad. Right. Exactly. And that just adds, makes the kid feel worse about you, not the other person. Right. Exactly. So it's just changing perspective, giving examples that the child understands that is so important because they can't process what it is to be divorced. I mean, that's like adults, I, I can't process that, right? So they have no idea. Especially if they haven't on. even been through their first breakup. Like, yeah. What? So giving it, giving them examples, I love and letting them feel that. And then another thing is just don't take it personally, which I think is probably one of the hardest ones. Because I know people that you know, this has been going on for years. This is not like, okay, they're hurt because it just happened. This is like, it's been nine, 10 years and they're still acting out. The parent, ex-parent is still acting out. So, you know, it gets very difficult because it's just a standard way of life, which, you know, the, the adults see it as this is an enormous pain in the butt obstacle that I'm having to deal with. And I'm just angry that they're making my life more difficult and therefore making the child's life very difficult because they're in the middle for 10 years, right? And they're just trying to, they're doing this for 10 years and they have no idea how to, how to navigate that. So I, in, and I do understand that. And sometimes it's really stepping back. And I think that's what, as a life coach, when you, when I am talking to my clients, they have been in the battle for mm -hmm. so long that they think they have tried everything, yeah. but they haven't really you know, taken and dissect, okay, this is what we're going to try. We're going to try this for 30 days, or we're going to try. And I want you to really pay attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to how your teen is acting. Pay attention to what actually is happening from the other perspective. And then when you're paying attention, it allows you to tweak things and make new developments versus this is what we've always done. And I can't get any headway, but we've really been doing the same things. We really haven't introduced anything new or we have, but we don't let it work. We don't let it stick. We, we I tried that and it just doesn't work. I, the last time I called her, I was really nice. And then she just went off on me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to be nice for a while. <laughs> we're yeah. going to let it yeah, yeah, yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. So it's though, it's those kind of things that Working with a professional, whether you're working with a therapist or a life coach, it allows you to process and deprocess um, because 
you're going through stuff. And sometimes, like I said, subconsciously, how many times have you driven home or driven somewhere and then you like, I don't even know how I got here. Oh, you were well, like the on the phone or, or, you know, you just, <laughs> but yeah. I'm saying you're like, you're going about your way doing whatever, or you put something in the refrigerator that wasn't supposed to be in the refrigerator. Cause you, you know, you just on, you're on auto mode. Yeah. Um, sometimes in life we can get into auto mode too, and we're not really paying attention to the signs of things that are causing things. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the sign that we need to change and do something different for a while for it to click. Yeah. And so working with professionals, sometimes they can get you to eat that elephant piece by piece instead of saying, I can't get this whole thing in my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So one more, so, oh my gosh, there's like so much good stuff. So one more question too. What if you are in this process where your child's going back and forth and back and forth and you're seeing that it's causing a lot of, you know, ups, the kids are really upset by this and it's really throwing the kids off. They might not like going over to the other parent, or it's just the dynamic is so different each place. And so you're seeing that the kids are really kind of melting down from this, but you don't legally have a choice. Like it has to, the court has dictated that this is how it has to be. How do you help your kid deal with this? How do you help them um, handle this emotionally and handle this constant change? First of all, I think it, the, where it starts at is communication. You, you have to find out why your children are feeling the dynamics. And it might be because they're used to structure, used to things a certain way, and then there's another place that's not structured. It could be that they don't like if there are other stepchildren involved, you know, they don't like the kids. And so it's just like when kids go to a new school, like what's wrong? I don't like the kids, they're mad, they're evil to me. Yeah. Or there could be a legitimate reason why they don't wanna go. I'm being abused, I'm, I'm being, things are happening to me. And depending on the age of the child, but it's about having a conversation. Tell me why you don't wanna go. What is so bad about going? and let them try to express themselves because you really need to find that out. Um, is it a dynamic change? And then you say, tell me what is going on that's making you feel so bad you don't wanna go. And what maybe I can talk with the other parent, you talk with your dad, your mom, and see if we can change something so that you're more comfortable in both places. Because we both love you, we both wanna spend time with you. Um, and if there's court involved and they understand court, we don't have a choice. So we need to make this the best that we can. And so I need to know from you, what is it that you need? Why do you feel this way? So you want to try to get to the emotions behind, I don't wanna go or the breakdown. And then sometimes it's just, they're closer to one parent than they are to the other. One is more loving, one is more strict. Um, when they're in the same household, they balance out. But when they're in different households, it's like, I got 100% this and 100% yeah. that. And if you're the strict, got to have rules parent, and there's no buffer <laughs> with the soft, lenient parent, then I don't want to go over there either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
it's all rules and regulations and nobody hugs me and puts me in the bed and kisses me on the head. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. you have to figure that out. And then you have to be the buffer. If there is a, a situation where maybe other kids are being mean, that you have to address that um, because that could be the issue. Or that parent is not as loving as the other parent. Then you say, you know what? Because when we were together, we buffered each other, but now that we're not, you're this personality, I'm that personality. They don't want to come to that personality and be with that personality. Can you be a little bit more, you know, loving? And I mean, sometimes you can have these conversations and sometimes you cannot. I was going to say, most of the people <laughs> I know have tried that and to like no avail. And, but if it's court ordered, the only thing that you have control over is what you tell your child mm -hmm. and what you get from them. Yeah. And so trying to make them understand that, um, like I said, from their perspective, if they're little, you have to go to school every day. That's not a choice. You have to go to your dad's or your mom's. That's not a choice. Um, so I'm trying to find out from you the things that are making you unhappy when you're there so that we can do the best that we can to try to make you happier while you're there, if there are mm -hmm. things that are disturbing that. Mm -hmm. and, and we're gonna try the best that we can to make things better. And like I said, you really explaining things, the communication part is the biggest thing and explaining stuff to people where they get it, yeah. whether it's children or adults. I need to explain this to you where you get it so that at least you can process it and you don't feel like stuff is being done to you. You understand the reason behind yeah. why stuff is being done. Because when we feel like stuff is being done to us, we kicking and screaming. Yeah. We're not enjoying nothing. But when you understand what the why, um, my kids grew up and I grew up in the, the era of, because I said so, which oh, I yeah. hate. <laughs> that with a passion I'm like because no. you said so what does that mean for me but when you explain the process even if a person doesn't agree with you or they don't like it they have a reason behind mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. versus because I said so and whenever a parent says because I said so and I and I've done it I've I've been pushed to my brink of multiple things going on it's like just because I said so <laughs> But that's not my go-to. <laughs> but it's giving them something to process. Mm -hmm. Children need to process things and understanding the same way as adults do. Because if I give you a reason for why you're doing something, even if it's at work, if it makes sense to you, you're more likely to do it. If it's something that doesn't jar with you and nobody is giving you an explanation why you have to have this report, you're like, this don't make no sense. This is this is a stupid two hours out of my day to write a stupid report and I don't know what they're doing with it. But then they tell you, this is what it does. These are the things we plug in and this is the output. You're like, oh, it's worth it. Even if yeah. you don't want to do it, it does something different to your mentality. And like I said, it's about perspective and it's about the communication that makes the difference in how you react and feel about things. We can make, we can change how we feel about something based on the information that's given. And again, that goes back to the story with the, yeah, the, uh, the doctor's office. They changed how they felt based on the new information. Yeah. But the situation big. didn't change. Yeah, 
That's really, really big. So Lisa, this has been so helpful. And hopefully, I, I think, hopefully there's a lot of people that are going, okay, thank you. I need these notes. How do people find you? Well, um, how do people find me? I, <laughs> actually, I, I have, um, I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm at First Step Family with Lisa and you spell my name L-E-S-A. So I'm easy to find. <laughs> and um, I'm at First Step Family LLC com is my website um and and, and i'm also on instagram at first step family so awesome. you can find me in those different ways and always you can dm me you can uh you know give me um send me a message um there's spots on my website also and you can always get a hold of me that way wonderful well thank you so so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with us really really appreciate it um it's my pleasure and thank you, parents, for jumping on out of your busy day. Really appreciate you joining me um, again. And have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.